Welcome to the Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup being brought to you by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. I'm Susan Littlefield and whoa, what a week it was. A lot of down trade. Saw some glimmers of hope with a little bit of green on the screen and then we start out Hard to believe the month of December and the final month of trading in 2023. What's going to hold out for us and what could we see happening after this crazy week we had? We're going to find out lots of details today, so stick around. Imagine a future fueled by soy-based possibilities. A future where creativity and productivity live together under one roof. A future that takes you from point A to point B, to point Z, all while ensuring brighter tomorrows for our next generation. A soy-based future? It's already here. And welcome back once again, as you can see, Darren Fry's joining us today. Darren is with Water Street Solutions and lots of things happening in this market today. And it's, you get the whole platform today. Our other guest was not able to make it. So Let's kind of do a review starting out with this grain complex. I mean, we did see uh, midweek a little glimmer of hope with some green on the screen, but it yep. pretty much dashed away pretty quick without Santa's yeah. help. Yeah. You know, we had uh, some really good markets earlier in the week. Obviously, feeder cattle, cattle hogs all had uh, some pretty good moves off the bottom. Uh, they didn't finish as good as I would have liked them to see. I thought we had lows in place, and so far we do. But cattle and feeder cattle have gotten pretty deep here since they tried to lift off that bottom three or four days ago. So we'll see what happens here as we move into next week. You know, a lot of times, Susan, highs and lows uh, of the month are set in the first few trading days of a new month. And we are into the first few trading days. So early next week, Monday through Wednesday, I think will be key. Uh, hogs didn't back off near as much as cattle and feeders, but cattle and feeders push right back toward the low. So we'll have to see how those end up next week. Moving over to the grains, though, we saw some pretty big moves off the bottom here in wheat, and I think there's a bottom that's being formed there. Uh, corn, not so sure yet, and obviously soybeans still correcting with a softer meal market. So we'll see what next week brings, but I'm optimistic here for a lot of these trade, uh, a lot of these markets to go higher in the trade. A lot of optimism out there. Let's talk about this wheat market, first of all. You talked about, you know, the fact that a low has been put in place. At least that's what you're feeling. Uh Get some decent weather, some snow cover. That'll be a big boost for that winter wheat crop. Yeah, it really will. It'll protect it from harsh weather. Obviously, you want to get some snow down on it. There is a lot of drought concern still in parts of the Western Plains, Southern Plains. And so we'll have to see how all that works out. But right now, uh, you got a situation where uh, the, the wheat market's just been really short. Funds have been really short. It's been a carry market. We've seen a little of that carry go away here this week. And we just seen strong moves off the bottom. Uh, we have five waves up, and now we need to see if we get a 50% retracement back down. That's what I'd be expecting, but I'm not expecting that wheat market to go to new lows. I think maybe we have a good low in place. It's early, but I'm hoping that that is the case. Is the corn still kind of off in its own little world when it comes to trade like we saw midweek? Yeah, it's a little bit off on its own. You know, the funds are super short there as well. But I think we're still a month or two away from confirming a lot of export business. We had great export sales this week. In fact, uh, we did three times what we need on a weekly basis to hit the USDA uh, target. So if that continues, okay, corn's made a bottom. But if we have a slow week or two here going into the Christmas holiday, I think we might have to wait till January, the final crop report, to prove that. But the action was good in corn, but not enough to say 
maybe we have a wave of equal weight in the opposing direction and we have a bottom like wheat. So I'm expecting that corn could make new lows before the end of the year here. What about the soybean market? I mean, they're finishing. You said there was a correction that happened this week. Are we going to continue that come Sunday night, Monday trade? We might start off a little bit weaker the way we finished today, but I would expect the market to try to turn higher uh, into Monday, Tuesday trade. I'm not looking for a lot more down in the soybeans. Uh, the meal market's been soft. We've seen the meal trade off both in South America and here, but I don't think it's over in the meal. We just had some liquidations some profit taking in the month stuff and now some follow through to begin the new month. But I'm looking up in meal and beans after this correction's done and maybe the beginning of next week will lead to that. All right. The big elephant in the room is what actually is happening with weather in South America. And you had uh, kind of reposted, I can't say retweet anymore, but um, some great uh, video that came out of areas of, of Brazil. What are you seeing? What are you hearing when it comes to weather in South America and what it means for those farmers? Well, you know, Brazil is kind of uh, really got uh, kind of a, a bipolar situation because down south it's super wet. They've had way, way too much rain. They have uh, poor stands in a lot of areas. They've had delayed planting. There's uh, a lot of planting to still be done in Rio Grande do Sul. And uh, obviously Paraná's had way too much rain, eastern Paraguay as well. But a lot of people would say history doesn't point toward that correlating to a negative yield. So too much rain uh, sometimes hurts us in the United States. But with their soils and their environment, maybe it's not going to, you know, lead them to a, a, a reduced yield or a declining yield. But that is a concern. A lot of days without sun and erratic stands. Up north, it's the opposite. It's been hot. It's been dry. And even up north, there's really good soybean fields mixed in with really bad soybean fields. And those could be 10, 15, 20 miles apart. We just got to remember Mato Grosso is huge. It's 1.3 times the size of Texas. So where the soybeans are being grown down there, you could have good weather on one side of the state and right on the other side of the state, which is a long way away, three, 400 miles away, uh, they could have no rain at all. So it is a, a situation where some people have replanted a couple, three times. Other people have a bumper crop coming. And so it's going to be hard to figure out what their final yield is going to be, but it's, it's on every side of good to bad. Down in Argentina, things are going pretty good there. So pretty good in Argentina. So is there any concerns about the safrina crop? I mean, we're a ways away from it yet, but is there concerns and chatter out there? I think there should be concern. I think the area, first of all, we didn't see growth in the area to begin with because of negative profit margins. And then you take what's happened with this first crop of soybeans up north, where a lot of safrina corn's grown. Mato Grosso is going to be 25% of the bean crop, about 45% of that safrina crop. And with the delayed planting, planting twice, planting three times, in some cases, some people tearing it up, going to cotton, that is going to be lost for good. So I think the area is in question. How many acres, how many hectares are we going to get? But then what will be the weather pattern because of the craziness we've seen so far with this warm El Nino, this eastern base El Nino, we could have problems trying to get that safrina crop to pollinate and grain fill. So that could be further yield reductions. So I think the corn market's going to pay attention to that as we get closer to the end of the year. Is there some differentiations between the, the GFS model and, and what you're hearing on this weather pattern? Well, I'm not a weather guy. I'm not a meteorologist. But, Me either. <laughs> but, but I work with uh, two of the best, and, and I've learned a lot about uh, predicting weather and weather models. 
Uh, it's my opinion that the Euro has been too wet in promising rains. And as we get closer and closer, some of those rains do not materialize as projected, as forecasted. And I continue to see that. Now, a lot of people would disagree or argue about that. But I think the GFS, the GEFS with all the ensembles uh, has done a better job. And we'll see. We have another controversy coming up here in, in week one where the Euro is promising more rain than the GFS. And we'll see if it happens. We only got about six more days to wait. All right. So we've got farmers here watching us and they're and listening to us as well and saying, OK, I have a bin full of corn. I got a bin full of beans. I'm watching what happens in South America. What is the U.S.'s export opportunities? I mean, we had a decent week for grain movement, especially with China doing some buying. But can that continue into December? You know, December could slow down as we go to the holidays, but I am optimistic for our export program for both beans and corn. I think beans are going to come down to, hey, if weather straightens out in December, Brazil can still have a really big crop. Maybe they're 155, 155 to 160 now, probably not under that. But, you know, they're, they're two, three weeks away from going to 145, 150 and on down to 135, 140 if they don't get rain. So we are at crunch time now, and that'll depend on how good our exports end up being. Plus, the delay means we have a little bit more business out in that February time frame than normal. So I think bean exports can continue, but I'm really optimistic about corn exports because we know that if safrina is reduced in area and then they have any issues with yield, we might be that exporter of choice. And we could have two, three, four hundred million more bushels of demand that we're not counting on right now. If things get hot in that January to May time frame, you got to remember, Susan, and everybody watching uh, they're going to be delayed getting that safrina corn and corn mm -hmm. crop in. That's going to put it at more risk. But then it also puts a harvest farther out. So uh, we'll have more of that export market till further into summer of 24. Interesting times that we're in. Let's uh, switch gears and take a look at the livestock. Could we possibly have at least one more low in this cattle market? And quite the interesting struggle bus we've had for them. Yeah, the cash market uh, it has not been strong enough to uh, keep the funds from liquidating. Uh, obviously, the, the, the cattle have gone down. Feeder cattle have gone down. They've been pummeled. I really thought we saw a strong move off the bottom, and that might hold, but we got really deep into that uh, wave here today. And so we might give away for a baby new low next week and then turn, or maybe we hold at today's lows, but time will tell. Uh, hogs look a lot better. They've come a lot farther off the bottom. The retracement's been very minor so far. I'm bullish all three of these, but cattle and feeder cattle still have more to prove. Who would have ever thought we'd have a conversation that said hogs not as bad as what the cattle market is right now? I know. I think long term hogs have been a lot worse, but cattle, the guys feeding them have too much in them right now. And this is a real problem for anybody uh, that has, you know, $1.90 in them and getting a $1.75. It's not a good situation. As we wrap up everything from a consumer perspective, uh, what do you see them moving that meat across the case? Well, domestic demand obviously is a key. We didn't see good exports this week. Those were dismal too, uh, well below what we needed to be on hogs, but also well below on beef, even worse. And so we need to see some of that demand pick up from the export side. But domestic consumption seems to be good still. People still are spending. People still have disposable income. And we're starting to see the economy soften enough that even people are questioning whether the feds will continue with these interest rates hikes or pauses, maybe we have to you know, lower them, reduce them when we get into first, second quarter of next year. So time will tell, uh, but we got some more important reports before the end of the year that might give us a little idea what's to come. Well, thanks for joining us this week, Darren. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it.
Just a reminder, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss, not suitable to all investors. And that's been this week's Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup.